All right, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sustainable Builders Jack. This is episode 10, the podcast that gives you the confidence to build high-performing sustainable homes. We'd first like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. My name is Brian Guinan from iSmart Building Group here in Perth, Western Australia, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Simon Clark from Sustainable Homes Melbourne. Howdy, Brian. How are you, Simon? Welcome back, mate. It's Thank been a you while. very much. Yeah, it's a bit cold down here in Melbourne again, but I'm going yeah, it's well. It's really cold in Perth, hey? I'll give you the tip. <laughs> it's not supposed to be cold here, but it's been cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and to our audience, sorry, we've been we have been off for a little bit. We've had um, health and safety protocols and a little bit of a holiday in between. So, yeah, we're back on, back on the boat now. Um, okay, so today we've got a good one. Today we are very lucky to be joined by Mr. Johan Thiesen from Hemp Block Australia. Johan is an industry pioneer in the integration of hemp into the building industry, formerly the director of Hempcrete Australia and now founding member and managing director of Geosip and AHI, which is the Australian Hemp Innovations. Johan has been instrumental in the ABCB accepting Hempcrete as a certified building product, which is no small feat. With over 30 years experience in the construction industry, Johan has and continues to provide vital training, information, um, to the industry, which we all know is really where we can make an impact if we were to push change. So welcome, Johan, and thank you for joining us. No worries, Brian and Simon. Simon and Brian, fantastic. Thank you very much. Just my, my name, the easiest name to spell my or, or actually pronounce my name is think of, of my brother, Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you guys look a little bit different, if, uh, if I'm totally honest. That's how you say it. We've got a lot of things in common, so just watch out. But um, now, nowadays, who, who knows, you know? I love this. Okay, so if we haven't given it away already, folks, uh, today we are going to be discussing hemp. Um, as I said, Johan is the is the director of Hemp Block Australia. So we'll be discussing Hemp Block, but we'll also be discussing pretty much anything we can or anything to do with hemp and in the construction industry and how we can make a difference with hemp. Because I'm going to be really honest, when we first looked at this topic, and it was through our uh, fellow director, uh, Hamish, um, he introduced us to hemp. And then by off chance, we have a client here in Perth who wants to build with hemp also. And I've gone down the rabbit hole, I have to say. And similarly, when I, st- when I discovered Passive House first, that was my first rabbit hole where I went down. I got excited and absolutely completely bought into it because it made sense. And I have to say that has happened again. As soon as I as soon as I looked into hemp, it just makes sense. Everything to do with hemp makes sense. What doesn't make sense is very similar to passive house. It doesn't make sense that we're not doing it. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing, and it's it's almost identical. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about well, it makes sense. That's right. Well, okay. Well, thanks very much, guys, for to have have, have me on this podcast. Uh, I'm original from from Holland. Uh, so I might have some accent and, uh, and and weird pronunciations or spelling, but um, that's okay. I've I've managed very well over the 25 years I've been in this lovely country, Australia, and mm-hmm. met fantastic people. Been working as a licensed builder for many many years. And um, yeah, sh- shall I just duck into the uh, the history, which was kind of on the agenda first, hey Brian? Yeah, so we've got a list of questions here. We'll try and get through them all. We don't necessarily need to, but um, yeah, I guess let's start off with your history first, Johan. So um, we'll we'll go into the history of hemp, but let's start off with you as a person. So you came to Australia 25 years ago, um, and then Correct. how did you end up where you are today? <laughs> well, I've been in in uh, in, in various industries, uh, creative and uh, and uh, manufacturing, um, making things, and uh, laboring and building. Uh, 
basically making things, being creative on all kinds of levels. And um, I wanted to build my own house, so I got my license. Uh, and uh, from there, we got more and more into building. Interesting thing is the difference between uh, European building and Australian building is the first thing I, I found here was similar to my discovery after travel in India, uh, where the washing machines there it was like a, this thing in the middle uh, and then uh, that turns around and, and mangles your, your clothes and, and you throw your stuff in at the top and it needs to be washed somehow. We, we grow up with um, front loaders and we thought that was really bizarre. Coming to Australia, we saw the same thing here. And, and I said to my partner, and partner, I said, oh, why do they import Indian washing machines here? They're the front, <laughs> the, the top loaders. So that was, that was one discovery where we thought, wow, this is really old fashioned. This is bizarre. The second discovery on a similar level was that they built with stick frame here, uh, 70 mil by 35 mil, and then a bit of fiber cement on the outside, which the minimum was 3.5 mil. Uh, okay, 70 so, mil. 70 mil. 70 mil. Yeah, here, you're right, uh, Simon. That's here, here in Queensland, we, in Queensland. We, we can still build with 70 mil, as, wow. as if we don't have winds here or rains <laughs> or, you know. Anyway, and then, um, you know, a bit of sarking and then you get your fiber cement board, a bit of paint, it should be right, a plasterboard inside. Oh, you can actually put insulation in there if you want to. So I thought that Surely, was- surely this is 25 years ago, yeah? <laughs> this is not today, right? It is. Things have changed. I'm pretty sure we've come on a little bit since that. Yeah, but I mean, still, that was my discovery, just like the washing machine. What the guys are you doing? Really? Is, is that it? Uh, is this a house? Because, you know, all the sayings in the language, there's so many things get revealed, uh, solid as a house. So mm. can you say solid as a house if you built something out of, okay, make it 90 by 35? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so because, you know, a good rugby player, if he's had a few drinks, he'll just run through that wall. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's a little bit my discovery on building in Australia. Okay, well, there's... Things are different here. Because in Europe, it's super solid. It, it's slow. The foundation, they already do a lot of work in cellars, foundations, make sure it never drains or, sorry, never floods. Um, super solid. And then they go up, insulate the shit out of it, make sure everything is, is really very solid and tight. That is, that is the, the more traditional way. Um, agreed. Now they go up faster and blah, blah. Anyway, building here in Australia... Uh, brought me where I was uh, because at one stage I asked a friend of mine to give me a hand and, and uh, while we're working he said oh, I'm actually uh, working as an agronomist again uh, soon because I get, I get a job growing hemp. I said oh that's fantastic blah blah and he said do you know that you can build with hemp and I said oh that's fantastic what do you mean build with hemp yeah hempcrete so that means you mix it up uh, mix up the hemp wood and uh, with a lime binder, a bit of water, and you put that in, you know, you, you, you fill in the, the space around a timber frame. You work, you work with shutters or formwork, you tamp it in and then you bring it up and off she goes and it doesn't burn and good insulation. And I immediately thought, fantastic. This so is- when was this, Johan? How long ago was this? Well, this is about 16, 17 years ago. Because I've been in the hempcrete field for about 
uh, 13, well, maybe I should say 13, 14 years, yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's a while ago. That, that is a while ago. So, um, yeah, based on that story, I thought, fantastic, because I have seen and I've been involved with Strawbell, uh, the cop stories. I've never actually did cop myself, but I had plenty of uh, alternative friends that's cop and blah, blah, and lots of barefoot people and straw and clay and fantastic. And then uh, uh, I've heard about the Rand Earth, a friend of mine worked in Rand Earth, I myself helped out a little bit, and that is heavy duty, the Rand Earth, Pat Incan. Mm. You, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to have the right machinery. That formwork needs to be in place. It's going to push out and you know, that the bobcats and name it. So I thought that was a fantastic idea. So the the, the thing was that so that particular friend uh, who is an agronomist, good old John, who's from from Mulaney Town here, he um, uh, got the job by someone also in town who was involved with hemp and who was a bit of a, a hemp honcho, if you want to call it that way, or or someone that's been in industrial hemp for a long time in Australia. So I, I'm going to stop you for a second, right? Because that's, no. that's interesting. You've met somebody 17 years ago who was involved in industrial hemp back then. Yeah, yeah. So what was their market? Because it wasn't building. No, it was uh, R and D. It was uh, oh. trial and error. It was creating machinery uh, to um, process the hemp, which which we call decortication. And the, the word "cord" is in there, so you take the cord out. Decord. You take the cord out of the hemp. Decortication machinery is the the essential part. Yeah, I call it the timber mill. Of hempcrete, like it's the yeah. same timber mill. You've got a tree, you, you need a timber mill to actually process that properly. So, we're, I'd like to speak about all of that as well. So, the harvesting process and what you can and can't use, and what you guys in particular use. So, I'll, I'll let you finish off, and then if we can, we go into the, the growing and the cultivation. Because for me, this is one of the most important parts of the whole hemp process. Mm. It, it is definitely 100%. And that's that is also one of the reasons why we are. Uh, still trying to manufacture here in Australia. And yeah, we're lagging behind big time on the manufacturing end of it. We are, except for mm. where, where you are, Brian, in, uh, in Western Australia. Gary, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of guys it, making big inroads, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, so quickly fr from there, I got interested, um, got introduced to, to that, that person, that company, and um, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer for a while to check out how this all works. And there was a bit of work to do, was stuff to work out. And uh, they were in need of something like me because I had a lot of experience being abroad. I had a lot of experience doing various things um, in the creative, but also in the, in the manual, um, how do you say, in, in doing stuff, building stuff. So from there, I became director of uh, Hempcrete Australia. And my vision was to uh, to take it out of the alternative um, materials, yeah, uh, yeah, or, 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 or the not known and, and the and, and the. Uh, so when you formed Hempcrete Australia, uh, how long ago was that, Johan? That's about fourteen years ago. Fourteen years ago. So at that time, did we have any hemp homes in Australia uh, that you're aware of? 
the the first hemp home we were involved with, uh, and that that kind of old company was still involved with, was in Tasmania. Okay, kind of a little bit of a famous house now because it was the first hemp house in Tasmania, and I think even the, the first Australian one. So that's hemp- fourteen years ago, fifteen, fourteen years ago. Uh, correct. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand and eight. Two thousand and eight. All right. So our first hemp house in Asia, which is Tasmania, was fourteen years ago. No, as, we- as, as as far as I remember, I, I, I think that was the first house. Correct. The f- a full house, two story house, made with hempcrete. Yeah. So I did it. I was doing my research, and as we're talking here. Like I said, I went down a rabbit hole and I actually never found the first house. (laughs) That was one of my things I was doing my research. And I got so sidetracked by everything else that I actually didn't look it up. So that's why I was asking that question. I I would like to know when was the first temp house and what was the construction of that first temp house 14 years ago? Yeah, well, don't pin me on it because I might be wrong. There was people doing handcrete already. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Just the yeah, one we're aware of. Don't pin me on it. And, and, and my memory is not as, as rock solid uh, anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, these things are, are they really important. Anyway, we th- the first house in, in, in Tasmania, 100%. Uh, I can claim that. So what okay. it was made, it was a stick frame house, uh, two-story, overlooking the Brass Strait or Bass Strait, um, meaning uh, on, on the slope, really cold winds there. Um, so that's that's why the English owner was really interested to have uh, use handcrete and, and go that extra mile, import the stuff and the binder and mix it up. And, and it was a bit of a trial and error situation at the time. So so from that first house, then I thought, okay. I'd, I'd so where, where, were you, where were you guys importing from? Uh, Holland, from Holland. So the hemp, the, the 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 product was coming from Europe. Correct. Yeah. Okay. At that time, so there was no. We weren't growing it. We weren't harvesting it. Well, the, because it's it, we were part of of the people that were growing it, but they were not quite ready. Okay. Uh, to to uh, process it because it's all about the process. Anyone can grow hemp, but yeah. processing. Yeah, you can cut it. You can cut it with a with a harvester. But then the processing is the major thing. Out of the processing, you get your fiber, which is the most valuable part of the hemp, uh, the industrial hemp, I should say, because there's hemp for food and hemp, uh, CBD hemp, THC hemp. Yeah. Stories, but let's go industrial hemp for now. Yeah. The most valuable part, uh, Brian, is, is, the, is the hemp fiber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that we're interested in. Mm, correct. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> so Johan, how did you? I'm keen to know how you moved from hempcrete Australia to now hemp block. All right. Well, I have to finish that story very quickly. So, so because I, I couldn't stand the fact that hempcrete was an alternative material that was nowhere registered, n- no one uh, acknowledged it. The, 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 the certifiers would say, "Oh, well, you know, well, I don't know. Was it made of?" So. I then proceeded to uh, go to Europe and learn of the founders of, of actual hempcrete, the whole hempcrete organization. I learned uh, from uh, the French, mainly the French guys, and uh, and an English uh, Irish guy called Steve Steve Allen, who's a, a big guy from down, comes down to hemp construction um, in in Europe globally. So I learned of them. Brought that home. Um, I, I speak 
a few languages. So I speak French, so I could work with the French and uh, and translate their uh, manual, their instruction manual on how how to make hand, how to do hand cream because they had uh, or they have a manual called Les Règles Professionnelles de Construction en Chambre. <laughs> so it's the, the professional rules on how to create hand cream. So I, with with their agreement, of course, I, I translated that and, and put that into our, uh, brought it into our Australian version, added to that, <coughs> and made a 64-page manual, and then combined um, a, a training to that, a professional training. Uh, as being a builder, uh, you can do that, and I've, I've trained before, so wrote a training and brought that uh, got that certified the, the whole the whole package right because one needs to be in in line with the other so you got to have your 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 manual you got to have your product testing and then your training and that that package you can then present and um, become uh, ABCB uh, accredited or certified through mm-hmm. in in that case we were certified through certmark so that was a major achievement because that meant that anyone wanted to build with handcrete and use our products, our method, they could show that ticket and, and the certifier would shut up because it, it had a ticket, it's all ticked, and off she goes. You know, the framing is one thing, the handcrete is the other. Okay, that's all sorted. Off you go, build with it. I wouldn't say they'd shut up. I'd say they'd be appreciative <laughs> of the... Of the approval process, more so. <laughs> yeah, well, they can be a pain, a certified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, they're looking for, you know, they're looking for certification and it's their neck that's on the line. So, yeah. Yeah. But obviously, like what you're saying, Johan, that would have been a big step in the, you know, moving towards that, you know, certification process. It was. It was. It was. You've, written, you've written this guide or is it, have you termed it? What was it? So, it turned, uh, oh, what was that? An installation guide? An installation guide, yes. Yeah. Installation yeah. manual. We we mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, I helped helped again with that with actually the company in in Perth uh, to get that through. So um, you probably know of, of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so let's go through the process then of hemp from let's say seedling to harvest. So um, I, I really want to get into the nuts and bolts of, of how we can influence the construction industry. So if we go through the seedling to harvest and particularly manufacturing, can you, can you talk to us about that, please? Because that for me is extremely important. Okay. But let's not forget how I got from the hempcrete to the block here. Yeah? because that, that's Oh, a, sorry. Yes. <laughs> of course. Let's <laughs> go back to that. <laughs> Circle around. That's a okay. major step. It is a major step because I love hempcrete. When, once I did it, uh, and I started with it. I thought, this is fantastic. You'll have this one monolithic uh, wall membrane uh, of, of, of this, this compound, which is natural, doesn't burn, that doesn't get eaten by termites or rats or anything. It's, it's, it has a lime in it. Lime is uh, one of the oldest building materials uh, globally, and, and lime uh, and, and, and the hemp petrify over time. It's a fantastic thing. Great to have this envelope. Great to have all these people involved and so on. But doing more projects, more and more projects, being involved with more projects, I realized, shit, this is, this is a, a very labor intensive job. This is, this, the, the logistics are a nightmare. You got to get all that hemp on the building side or, or part of it and cut it in. 
then then the lime the lime binder. Then you have to have a big mixer, a small mixer. You'll be that for 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 weeks, and you have to have all these paper walking uh, the material from the mixer to the wall, and then tamping in it the right way because you can tamp too hard, too low, uh, not on the right spot. You, you don't key it in. There's so many things that can go wrong. It's a very manual thing. I realized that after doing a bunch of houses, and then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try to pump this stuff. Because pumping makes sense. Concrete pump, you know, you just have your hose and you just fill the bloody thing in. Mm. Well, pumping of this stubborn material is very, very difficult. Uh, pumping concrete successful and fast is a very difficult process. No one does it. Uh, and, and I've tried it with the best machines, the shopcrete machine, imported that from Italy and blah, blah, blah. Did my R&D. And then, uh, so the next step that I then took was to think, well, we can go with panels. And um, meanwhile, I went back to Holland to create the first handcrete house in Holland. <laughs> Being from Holland, it's very funny. Like, Holland, sure. Holland um, with with the, the, the kind of the mother company that was involved with the investors here. Um, and they used a, uh, a prefabricated wall frames, basically the whole wall of the of the house, one one or two story. But yeah, actually, particular one story. Um, fill that in with hempcrete, tamp the shit out of it, let it dry, and then stand it up and, and bolt it together. So that is uh, that is a tilt-up uh, situation. So this, there were the alternatives. That was in Holland. That was in Holland, correct? Okay, and, yeah, right. They've now pushed that through and and uh, and are uh, ex- exporting, uh, exploring their their market in the US with this okay. particular uh, system. So, 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 uh, so I can see we're getting we're getting there. We're getting closer to the hemp block. But you've you've really been obsessing over this for what close on 14, 15 years. Yeah, correct. Yeah, well, I don't know. Trying. I put my teeth in it, and 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 I don't want to do things half. Like I'm, I'm kind yes. of a bit, bit like if I make a promise, I I, I want to stick to it. Just I don't know why there's something <laughs> wrong in me or right in me, but um, I, I like to stick to that. So I'm. Um, uh, plus, uh, it, it's a very, very interesting thing. It just suits suits my my character. Like I like to be creative. I like to deal with people, and I, I can do that and organize stuff. And it's it's technical at the same time, so it's a great mix. It, it kind of suits me this this whole story. Yeah, and you obviously see its potential. I assume. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there is plenty of potential, and you, you can't do things if you if you don't put your shoulders. In, uh, under it, like yep. uh, you have to put your hours in, and um, and and that's fine. I, I, I have managed that all, all so far. That so far, so far, so good. Anyway, let's go back to this these three options. So there's there's uh, tilt up slab, uh, tilt up panels, if, if you call it. There's the fill it in uh, with formwork, and then there's the blocks, blocks or small panels. I first thought, oh, small panels with a little crane. But I, I very quickly skipped that because uh, being a builder, you got we were all builders. A block is very much anyone can use this block. You just lift it over the pallet and, and put it on on the wall. That's it. You don't need cranes. You don't need specialized materials. The access doesn't matter where you're going. So I then designed this particular at the time I called it a SIP panel uh, because it's a structural insulated panel. 
which was a glorified block. And um, uh, after a while, uh, being connected with the hemp industry, I found these, these people in uh, France that created something very similar to what I designed. And I, and I designed it before I knew about them. I can't prove that. <laughs> Not that it's like a, a major, like a scientific, you know, comp- very complex uh, um, system, but it's a system, to, how, how to work with hemp. Yeah. So these guys, Biosys in, in, in France, created this block um, that is interlocking uh, and that has a room that create, that is a formwork for a load-bearing system. So basically there's holes in the blocks that create the formwork for the load-bearing system. It's the reverse of, of what you do with, uh, uh, with stick frame where the stick frame is already there and then you fill it in. We put the block there, the hempcrete, and then we put the stick frame in it, so to speak. So, yeah, for one one led to the other. They 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 love the fact that uh, my my past, my you know my our inspirations. I hooked up with a fantastic uh, partner uh, for years now uh, f- from town here from up from Malani, who is very business savvy. Has got a lot of experience in um, creating. So working with startups, you know, he had forty people under him and. and several businesses and applications, funding, that whole business world, IT, really savvy dude. So I thought that's a fantastic partner to work with because that's not my expertise. It's not something that I'm um, major in, so to speak. And um, so with him, we, we visited that, that factory and we created a partnership because uh, I, meanwhile, I, I tried for three years uh, very hard here in Australia to to create this SIP panel that I invented and to get out of funding, get support of the hemp, hemp industry. And what I found out, like the hemp industry is still dormant uh, in, in an infant in infant state and mainly because there is no timber mill, there's, so to speak. There's, there's, there's no full-on decortication uh, facility uh, to actually supply the material to start with. So the hemp fiber material, the yeah. Hemp, yeah, yeah, the, the, the two the two compartments, the two um, bits, the the hemp wood and then the hemp fiber. So yeah. we're working with hemp wood or shive or shiv. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I thought, why don't we partner up with these people and import the bloody box because. Still today, people are importing hemp wood from Europe, from France, from Holland. Yeah, and, uh, even from Tassie now. Tassie's got it as well, hasn't it? Well, Tassie's producing. I'm not sure what what Tassie does, but even Tassie imports hemp, hemp wood as well. Yeah, you know they'll probably stop that very shortly. But then Western Australia, there's a company making hemp box there. They imported while next door, well, not far away, is uh, Gary with a fantastic. The best decortication facility in Australia at the moment. That's going to make a huge difference to the industry here. Yeah, and I and, and, and I, I don't understand why they import and, and don't support him. Like, uh, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. It's just, yeah, we won't go into it on the podcast, but it will happen. Okay. Um, listen, so, before. So sorry, sorry. I just want to clarify that. So there's going to be what is that going to be the first Australian facility to you know produce hemp wood and hemp fiber? Well, it is the first facility that that can produce enough 
on a mass scale, I guess. On, on, a, on a bigger scale yep. with a very controlled uh, end product because anyone can can bash the shit out of hemp and, and have separate them. Like mm-hmm. the old days, they did it with, with, with um, sticks and they just bashed it and, and put it through things manually with a horse and, and, and donkeys and name it. You know, you can't do all that. But if you were working on an industrial scale, scale you've got to scale up. You got to really do this on professionally and and big, and yeah. so so I think Gary, as far as I know, has got the best decortication facility. He's shown me the different grades. He, he can separate the dust, which is very valuable. His fiber is is of a good quality and a clean quality, which is which is where the money is. As I said before, the fiber is used for all kinds of products and can be sold off. So let's dissect that right now. Let's go through because um, essentially, if we go into hemp, so you you seed hemp and you grow it, and it's it's quite a heavy yield per hectare. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's the first benefit that I noticed from hemp. So you grow this stuff in the field; it grows quite tall. It's quite a heavy crop. It's quite dense how it grows together. So your yield per ton or per acre is quite high, and the growth period is only seventy to ninety days. It depends on climate and water. Yeah, it does. But yeah, if, yeah, yeah, it is. if we consider the like any of these climate zones, you know, six and seven, any climate zone six and seven, even climate zone five, you can still grow really good hemp. But climate zone six probably best, right? And and we've got tons of that all down the west coast here, and then you guys have tons of it on the east coast as well. So we have plenty of opportunity, plenty of opportunity to grow it. So for um, me, that out of the research I did, that was the first thing I noticed was like, wow. Like the turnover per acre is incredible here, so mm-hmm. you don't need a huge farm. That's not the issue here. So what and is it? Is there is there a reluctance from yeah, yeah, commercial the industries? The the the, the industry is not there. So you can grow it, but uh-huh. you need to find somebody to sell it to, and the, that's where the problem comes. So it, yeah, it's yeah, the manufacturing need, is the issue. It, uh, from from what that. I see, processing, yeah, yeah the processing, right? Yeah. yeah. But so, like Brian is saying, you know, you do need to create that. Well, what comes first, sort of chicken or the egg? You know, do you, do you create the processing facility or do you do you get the demand? You know, obviously, you obviously need demand to feed. The, well, in my opinion, the demand is there. <laughs> if we're importing so much stuff from France and Europe right now, and there is like, Johan, you will attest to this. The way times on hemp at the moment in Australia are, yeah, they're ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, well, like you got to, you you can debate as much as you can. The best is always to look at what other people do. So where are other people at? What? Yeah. Where is Russia? Where? Well, I don't know. Russia has got its own hub or hubs with with hemp. But where is the US at? Mm. So the US is now, um, and I'll take a quick side step to clarify it. As soon as we opened up. And block US because we got that distribution ship of those particular blocks to the US. As soon as we open up, we got about three calls per week at least of hemp uh, producers saying, Do you want our hemp? Do you want our hemp? Where are you making? We, we, we have hemp. We have got heaps of hemp. And uh, especially in the first year, all these hemp producers, they, they found out that we, that we were there and, and they loved the product and they thought, Oh, shit, these guys want to put a factory where we grow it. So why is that? Why didn't that happen here in Australia? 
when we opened up Hamkri Australia because no one was actually uh, commercial enough uh, in in producing the the right fiber, therefore the right plenty of hemp wood or shive uh, to to facilitate us. Still, people are growing here and uh, I don't know, just for seed or perhaps for a bit of fiber, and they mulch it back in. And so it's it's kind of a I'm not an agronomist. You have to ask the, the agronomist what they do, what they do with their hand. Do you have a competitor in the US for a similar product that you do, the, the hemp block? No, no. There's, no. there's, there's no one making a, an interlocking, wow. interlocking uh, system as we have. And besides that, like I mentioned before, it's, it is a, it's a formwork for a load-bearing system. I've, I've now patented a, uh, a load-bearing system that is so easy to put together uh, and slide in and bolt on and, and fill in. It, it, yeah, so, so that's, that's the next step that I then took uh, based on, on this particular block, interlocking block system. Yeah, so I'll attest to that. Uh, full disclosure, um, I'm speaking to Johan at the moment about a single-story home that we're building here in Perth. Um, and it is, I will attest to that. When you mentioned it earlier on, while it was in people's heads, I was going to go into it, but we kind of went back to where you were, um, where your story was going. But like, I see huge, huge potential for hemp block, absolutely huge potential for hemp block. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about the the manufacturing process was I, I haven't come across a product anywhere else where one hundred percent of that product can be utilized. And I mean 100%. There's no byproduct. Everything down to the dust, waste, can be produced and manufactured off of hemp. It's in, absolutely in, 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 incredible. In, in an expedient time, what you mentioned before, there's, yeah. there's places you, you could, you don't really want to, but you could have three houses per year. So um, it, it, is, it is the speed. Because timber, of course, the timber is, you can use a lot of stuff uh out of the timber industry, but that takes a while. You can't grow a tree in in, uh, in a few months. Yeah. So, um, and that's not even discussing right. like the benefits from sequestering carbon, carbon, and like there's so many benefits from using hemp. And if we go like if we just qu- quickly run through like the process, so when it comes out as a hemp uh, uh, from hemp, when you harvest, it's a double head harvester. So you take the tops. Um, are cut off and they're put into separate storage, and then the stems are cut and they're left out in the field, and they're they're turned almost like hay. Anyone that's a farmer out there knows how you make hay. You cut hay, you leave it on the ground, the sun dries it out, and then you take it away and you bale it. So you can do the same thing with hemp. And then yeah, when it's when, that process is called retting. Yeah, retting. So, so there's, there's two systems. One yeah. one is where you you chop it and you, you chop it up like corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you chop the shit out of it and put it in back of your truck or in in another truck. Yeah, and uh, and it's chipped up already. And the other system is where you, where you well, what you mentioned before was more to do with seed harvest. You harvest the seed. Yeah, which is a different plant, by the way. It's industrial hemp can grow up to six meters. Uh, standard uh, seed hemp is about a meter, you know, meter and a half or something. Yeah, yep, nothing bigger. So you take the seed off and, and then you, you, you cut the hemp fiber, correct? And you leave it on the land where it rests the, the humidity of the, the, the night uh, and then the drying of the day. And that process for a few weeks ha- has a particular chemical reaction 
to the uh, the, the to, to the stem, really, the yeah. stem changes because it goes wet, dry, wet, dry, and therefore there's there's things that change the the, the coating around the fiber uh, is then released. Uh, uh, the, the sticky coating is kind of gets gets looser, so it's easier then to take that to take the fiber, separate the fiber from the stem. Yeah. So uh, for everyone else out there that's listening, when you have a stem, so the, the, the hemp seed is harvested off the top. It's the top couple of hundred mil. That's sent off and you can make tons of stuff. So nuts for food products, dairy alternatives, and then there's hull for flour and bakery. And then you, there's oil, which is probably the most common. Um, but then with the stems, it's there's an outer fiber, which is called a bast, which is long fibers. And then the center of, of that or the core is called a herd, depending on where you're talking about in the world. But essentially the bast and the herd. And those are two different types of fiber, correct? Herd, yeah, herd or core or yeah. wood, wood, correct. Well, yeah. they're, they're not even fiber, actually. <coughs> well, they're different <laughs> material. I call okay. the fiber the outside because it's a long strand. Yeah. So no. now that we've got, we've got, let's say we've taken the stem and we've 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 processed it, and we now have two different products from that one stem. Yeah. Correct. Right. So. Can we talk a little bit, if we can, about like what each product can be used for, and which product do you particularly so, use? So, but uh, can I jump jump in as a devil's advocate? So this is all great talking about manufacturing, and yeah, that's a great insight. But we, I don't think we've touched enough on why. Uh, clearly, yeah, why would I use hemp in my home? I know you've got Michelle sitting there beside you, uh, <laughs> your aunt, who has it in her home, but but but. but in, in as plain and simple terms, if I'm considering using hemp in my home, why would I do that? And, you know, is it cost prohibitive? And I, I, I think, Brian, do you think just for the builders out there? That I think you're 100% right. We're off track. <laughs> Let's go back. You're right, Simon. Let's go back. Yeah. Have a bit of it. Good on you. Well, hemp is grown and it gets, we can make blocks. Why would you put hemp blocks in your house? All right. Well, there's there's a few reasons. N- number number one really is is its insulation properties. So once you have a temperature in the house, it will it will remain in there. The walls the walls are thick. So when I did hempcrete, starting with hempcrete, a lot of people rang me. Said, oh yeah, I've got millions of houses I want to build. I want to make it hundred mil. Can you make it hundred mil? And I'm like, well, hold on. Look at your tires. How much profile is on your tires? One mil or 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 twenty? Oh, 20. Well, otherwise you can't get the grip. Same with, with hemp. So hempcrete needs at least 250 mil. That is scientifically proven. And we make it 300. So the thickness of the wall is 300. That insulation is, is fantastic. Keeping the heat or the cold, the temperature on the inside and keeping it out away from the outside whilst, and this is an important intricate, uh, intrinsic part of the material whilst the wall is hygroscopic it allows humidity to travel in and out and that is very important related to the the, the comfort and the and the temperature that you have within that building so insulation is number one why build hempcrete is a fantastic and insulator and what sort of r value would you be looking at for a 300 millimeter wall just in plain terms we're having um uh, 3.3.8 is uh, and 4.2 with the lime render. That's that's what we put out there. 
But there's, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a trick to that. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a trick to it. It's like a, similar to a tire. So uh, if you brake, how long, you know, before you stand still? Well, is the road slippery or is the road, road dry? So same same with um, uh, with hempcrete. Like, what is what is your your, your humidity, and and how long is that temperature? So there's humidity, and how long is that temperature out there, uh, and so on. So there's this particular factors. The R rating is actually not a very good rating, um, but anyway, that's 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 more into the rabbit hole. Okay, let's say three point eight to four point two with alignment. And you can enhance that. You put a bit of hemp in the lime render or, or other products, cork, there's cork renders out there, lime renders. They insulate even better. So insulation is number one. Then I reckon number two is the speed of erection. And then we're talking about walls here, guys. Um, so the no one laughs. The, <laughs> the, the, the blocks are interlocking and, um, and they, they, they go up really fast. I'm just about to launch uh, another um, uh, time lapse uh, where, where 40 hours is compressed into three minutes, and and you see in 12 in 12 days we've we've created this little house, not a huge house, but it's 12 days, and that is that is doing it in in this particular system, and and that can even go faster. So its speed is number two. Then you get all the benefits of it, it doesn't burn. You have to burn the shit out of it really to 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 create a hole in into hempcrete. I've, I've done plenty of tests myself. We're doing more testing. Um, so, so does that mean you can use it for? Uh, is that fires? Uh, yeah, FZ with the FZ fire zone, right? So is that is that boundary wall as well, like party wall? Uh, so party wall requires ninety minutes. Yes, and that's a little bit trickier because yep. uh, because of the particular testing that this block has been uh, that that they have performed with this block. I reckon for boundary walls and separation walls, we go we'll add a magnesium board, so then we can easily go to one twenty and two hours, one twenty yeah, wow. and two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, so the, then the, you get the benefits: fire, termite, termites don't eat it. They'll travel over it, but so the fire ratings on all your blocks. Uh, there's not specific blocks that are fire rated. So you guys do the additive for every single block, so they all have the same fire rating. Uh, correct. Well, the, That's uh, good to know. Uh, well, hold on. We've got two systems. Yeah, we've got the LB, the load bearing system. Yeah, and the HB, the hemp block, which is a rectangle block, three hundred thick, two yeah. one fifty, and a one hundred thick. So. Yep. These fire ratings are different. The thinner you go, the yeah, yeah, yeah. On stage, yeah. But that's a treatment process that they do in the manufacture of the block. No, the hempcrete by itself doesn't burn. You you, you type in hempcrete really? fire, and there's thousands of people that put big flames, uh, you know, gas torches on a hempcrete wall. And after two hours, still nothing. It just gets charred. I thought it was um, something they did in the process. To make it fireproof, that's no. very interesting. No, mm. no, it's it's inherent inherent to the the composite to the matrix. So it's the lime uh, okay. that plays the part in that, and then the hemp, the wood, uh, yeah, the wood doesn't burn because it's it's soaked into the lime. Can we? Um, uh, one thing that came up in a lot of blogs and a lot of people talking, and even myself, I have to admit that I had this. I would say it's a concern. And it was more of a, you know, a false positive reaction, I guess. 
Can we, can we discuss and alleviate concerns with the listeners more than anything, including myself? So moisture passage and management with hemp, it, it, it always comes up. Like, what if there's a crack in the render and the moisture comes through? Now, I've done a lot of research, and I now know that, that it's not as much of a concern as people are making it out to be. Can you talk to, that, talk, talk mm. to us about that, please? Okay. Well, in, in, in buildings, there is this particular... Uh, uh, fact, or what do we call it, the item you call wicking. Yeah. Wicking means the transfer of humidity, but that then turns into moisture, into actual water. Yeah, so vapors. One yep. One end of the wall to the other uh, end of the wall. Yeah. And wicking happens when particular elements allow that to happen. So if you put lots of fiber, long strands or hair, hair-like fiber, if you want to call it, imagine just bits of hair, like horse hair kind of thing, yeah. in, in, the, in the hempcrete, then that humidity will be transferred by that hair. And because houses naturally have a suction, uh, they, they, they kind of suck in. Houses have a particular negative suction, if you want to call it that way. Yeah. So therefore, the humidity will then be pulled inside of the house. So, but that is quite rare, and that that may happen. I say may happen because some people like to put fiber uh, in the hemp itself, um, but may happen when when there's too much fiber in there. Um, so yeah, that is that is that is one thing we're talking about the long strands fiber, not the wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've had many many conversations about this, and we all know that like. It's, it's on everyone's lips at the moment. As the codes change and we see moisture management coming into the codes, we see that vapor passage or energy transfer through the structures. It's, it's on everybody's lips. And when you actually dig down into it, like I, I have to say, I, I was of the opinion that, oh, if you have a timber frame structure and you have hemp in that timber frame structure, then the hemp is going to wick the moisture out and it's going to go into the timber and you're going to end up with a rotten timber frame inside the hemp. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. honest. That's what I, that was my understanding of it. But but you but you're completely right. The logic the logic is there. There's one step. <coughs> there's one one thing that, that that stops all that, and that is actually the transfer of humidity. The transfer of humidity. Yeah. We're not stagnant. We're not in quarantine. We can travel freely. Fantastic. Yay! We can go in and out. Yep. So I'll tell you a bit of a history. Then this is actually one of the reasons why hempcrete actually became. Um, popular again because I think it's been around a very long time ago before our you know before we history or whatever long time ago is that uh, the buildings in 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 France they were filled in with a particular uh, straw lime and clay uh, mixture so they needed restoration in a particular period, like in, in the 60s. They, they just all were that old that they needed to be redone with the same product. But then those, those traditions gone out of the window because of industrialization and people that started invent hemp, or sorry, cement, and then things changed and they wanted it all faster. And the whole world, you know, they call that advancing, but I think, yeah. It, 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 there is advancing, but a lot of traditions have gone um, because of that. So this guy, this particular French guy, uh, used used hemp instead of straw, and then made a hemp lime mix. Yeah, um, and then filled that in, and that was successful. And 
you know, a lot of calls because when uh, they restored uh, in other parts of Europe, uh, mainly England that, that we know of, they restored old timber frame houses where you see those big beams, they hold the whole stuff together with, with um, pins and fantastic buildings. They were also infilled with, um, with clay and, and straw. Then they used cement, and then these, these, um, these structures were rotting suddenly. And, yeah. and people were like, well, what's going on? Cement is strong. Well, what's going on? Well, cement does not breathe. So therefore, <clears throat> the, the lime, the straw, and the uh, clay, they allow humidity to transfer. They don't, they're not stagnant. So, it, so for anyone else that's listening out there, what Johan is saying is that they, the, all these products, he's, talking, he's referring to vapor permeability, which correct. is extremely important in any structure. Vapor will pass through a project because essentially energy is difference in temperature, which travels in and out through your structure. And as per the new construction codes, that is in there now. And we, we'll talk about thermal bridging analysis, et cetera. But sorry, Johan, that, that, just to clarify, we're talking about yeah. energy transfer, which is vapor passage through your structure. And vapor is essentially water. Correct. So, so you're, to answer your question, <clears throat> if, you, if you create a crete out of uh, wood chips or even hemp chip and, and cement, you you will that timber will rot because the the the, the humidity will be coming coming in there and it will stay in there because it can't get out so yeah. it will affect the timber with hempcrete it's a different story and it's been proven yeah um, for many years if you cut, cut open a hempcrete wall of, of twenty years that wood is healthy is happy because it's in a good environment it's not it's not dry it's not wet it just it just can do its its thing and and just slowly become harder and harder. And Brian, I, I just have to throw this one in there to ex perhaps explain the durability of hemp. And I, in, in my research, coming across this home in Japan, it was built in 1698. I don't know how old you were back then, Brian, but I'm sure oh, I'm she's sure a lot younger then. than now. <laughs> but 324 years ago, built out of hemp, and it's still standing today. And, and it's now the Hemp Museum, I understand, in Nagano, Japan. So That's incredible. That, that that is an incredible sort of tale to its durability. Uh, and can you speak to that at all, Johan? Well, then, yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah, Sixty-nine. That's a long time ago. And, and you mean Crete, not not hemp, because hemp is hemp Crete. Yeah, hemp Crete. The Crete. Well, um, people claim to know about bridges that that have used hemp Crete. I think the Romans. Uh, have used uh, hemp in their structures. And, and going back to the other uh, component of hempcrete, which is lime, you go to any old lime building, it is hard as glass. And, and why is that? Well, because lime has been um, uh, taken out of the, the ground, has been aggravated to, to become a powder, but it hasn't been aggravated that much. It hasn't been heated that much <clears throat> that it is that the molecules are like glass beads, super fine and and super hard. It actually has has been um, the, the structure, the molecular structure of the the lime, which is original actually plant particles, is like uh, biochar. It has an open structure. So lime has an open structure, 
cement is the same product, but it's heated that much that it's a closed structure. It's just burnt too hard. So therefore, the lime um, uh, has the capability to uh, to attract water and, and, and expel water. And, and that uh, process, in, uh, if you then introduce uh, an organic um, part, like, like whatever, a fossil, a body, a, a skin, a name it, but it, it will petrify the plant. So it will petrify over time because the, the, the structure of that, um, uh, we call it the cellulose, will be replaced by the lime over time. So, so by sorry, by, petrif- by petrifying, me it gets harder and harder over time. Is that right? Yeah, it becomes a fossil. <clears throat> so that was your first question was, or one of the questions was, was, well, longevity. So that is, you know, we, we said number one, insulation, and then speed of erection, and then longevity is actually <clears throat> number three. But in this modern world. We have been taught not to think about longevity. We, we, mm. we, 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 don't, we don't do that anymore. We, we don't have a one car and, and keep that car because uh, it, it is strong and it can last. Or <clears throat> no, it, we have to change cars. Same for houses. They give you a fifty-year um, warranty. How is that? You're you're twenty-five. You, you get your kids. <clears throat> then you're about 40, 50, and you want to give the house to the kids. That's already 30 years in. Then you've got 20, 20 years left, and then for the kids to move into the, the, the old parents' house. That, and- that is changing, though. Like, <laughs> if we as a society, and what we're trying to do at Builders of Clare at the moment is just get this knowledge out there. But as a society, we have to change our thinking. We can't be a throwaway society anymore. It mm. just can't happen, or we're going to end up with no world. We're just going to go around in circles until we end up in, the, you know, nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but this is this is what society is telling us. Just yeah, but like by doing what you're doing is in itself. Like, for, personally, I've had a, a huge awakening by just researching hemp and what's involved. I'm 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 super excited about this product. It's incredible, and it's been there all along. That's my my biggest thing. I'm dumbfounded by, wow, this is a product that's you know it was one of the most traded commodities couple of hundred years ago mm-hmm. and yet we're not even looking at it right now it's incredible yeah, so, so many opportunities. What, yeah you're spot on brian sorry one last one i've, I've just got to know is so yeah there's, there's a huge history as you say you know on the you know the romans have used it you know, the, where that home in japan you know 324 years old is um they've been using hempcrete for two thousand years so what has happened that we've moved away from hempcrete and, and hemp products in the last you know well, i suppose it happened in the 19th century but what happened and how can we get back on track well i don't know what happened who's going to answer that like it, <laughs> to me it's 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 about politics and and forces that 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 create the world uh to move certain ways and but that's a huge discussion uh and and, and yeah you can go back in history and, and and check out how that works and why and so on well, there's, there's very clear evidence uh, of this particular movement I'm talking about where, where politics move people into a particular direction and, 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 and yeah. disrupt things. But anyway, that's a different story. We know that it was banned in the 1930s. The reasons why are very, very political. We know that. Everybody knows that. 
but it is definitely without doubt making a comeback now like it's what i see in america at the moment it's a massive like they've got too much hemp over there at the moment Mm. correct they've got heaps and heaps and heaps of it um i just i'm a little bit taken aback as to why we haven't adopted it quicker and i see the guys as you say over here in western australia they're going to make huge inroads very very soon Mm. very soon and look i've got can i get one more question in well, Lachelle, I just I just wanted to say um, also the perception of hemp is still that it's um, a prohibited and yeah. because yeah. it's associated with the probably the good times really and yeah. <laughs> it was looked at as being well banned and and not looked at favorably and I think we really need to change that perception around so hmm. that would there's be- there's one sentence that can do that Lachelle. <laughs> there, there is so yeah. Is it? yeah it's it's very simple so in australia you have to be licensed to grow hemp right yeah and it's in most countries in the world you have to be licensed to grow hemp so commercial hemp can only have a thc content of 0.03 percent so yeah. it's useless it's well, absolutely useless when it comes to thc content so for me that's that's a like that should be on every billboard and we know hemp. that but the, yeah the vast majority of people are that um, wouldn't be aware of that and they wouldn't know the difference between the industrial hemp and the obviously the, yeah. the chemical one again that comes back to the to the political driving forces behind it like, yeah, mm, yeah. I, I look at it different and I have always looked at it different uh, coming from Holland hemp is a very liberal uh, kind of thing in marijuana and all that stuff uh, and I thought oh guys come on get over it this is a building material. You're looking at a building here. This is a building. You can build with straw. Why can't you build with hemp? So I I skip all that. And and what I'd like to prove and what I'm proving bit by bit is that this can be a very industrialized uh, material. We've got blocks. They come from a factory. There's no mucking around with them. They're all the same, same weight, same size, the same, um, uh, uh, you know, you call it um, a ratio. uh, Yeah. Volume now, this the yeah. mass, so they're the same mass. So, these blocks you put them together, you put a load bearing system in there. Yesterday, I had a fantastic uh, meeting with Wagner's. Wagner's, they do. Uh, I went to their factory and, and showed me around. They do fiber reinforced polymer, which is which is a, a, a section of a post, like steel post, but made out of polymer. And so the polymer will last longer than steel. Yeah, last over a hundred years. So the polymer is light, <clears throat> can be is, is way more adaptable than steel. So we we are introducing that into as a load bearing system into the blocks. So See, this excites me. This portion of it. So I want to move this this thing forward, and so we've got the blocks interlocking blocks. We've got the lime render that comes with it because we import that. The lime render supply is is not really that strong here in Australia, and, and it's and handy. Yeah, it's superior. It's handy to have that come at the same time. Mm. We still have to import until we manufacture it, and then we'll we'll supply a prefabricated system, which which is a Lego system really, with bolts and nuts and pre-drilled, and you just stick that together mm. and you stack your blocks up. You follow the, the instructions. I, I, I will give trainings here in Australia. You follow a training. You know exactly how to do that. And there's your house. And then you can talk about hemp as much as you like. Mm-hmm. If you're in, in it when it's when it's really hot and outside it's it's, it's cooking. And, and what about the sound? You know, it's cool. Yeah. Oh. 
and then <clears throat> you correct your sound. So then it doesn't matter where it's made from. Uh, well, it, it does because yeah. it is sustainable. We're talking about a long-lasting product against the the, the per the, the, the you know the the, the foam stuff. Yeah, uh, th- that is that is gained. Uh, the world to, to change and and now we're working out oh shoot, it actually doesn't last that long um and and it's not that actually healthy and it's got vocs this product has no vocs it's all natural yeah. people with allergens you know lung diseases um problems they will have no problem living in a in a hemp house so johan um we've had a we've had a bit of feedback that we're our podcasts are too short so i'm just going to keep going is that okay with everybody <laughs> I've got two more questions. Is that all right, Simon? Yeah, good with me, Brian. Let- yeah, all right. So let's roll it through. Um, this next question is, um, it's a personal question because I had a completely different opinion when I started out with my researcher. Do you feel that builders in particular are accepting or interested in moving forward with, with like energy efficiency and sustainable, sustainability measures regarding hemp? Do I feel that? Uh, the builder, so... so- Perceptions change all the time. Like, God, like the consumer changes, and then the, the builder is kind of a consumer. Uh, it, it, everyone's world is kind of changing, isn't it? It's like like you pick up the phone. There's not landlines. They they kind of get they're not there anymore. Things just change over time. So builders do change as well. I think the builders lately. And, and this is just, I am not an, an old, like, 70-year-old builder. It might have been the same uh, w- when they were doing their work. But builders lately uh, have been exposed to building fast and, and calling buildings buildings that should not really, like, they, they just the quality just drops. Yeah. The speed is, is fantastic. The profit margin is fantastic. But then the quality and the longevity drops. So that that... I think we're a little bit over that hump and we're seeing now, you know, with the push off the environmental problems and the and, and, and climate change, they call it, and all that jazz, we see that people go, hmm, oh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, well, you know, uh, they, 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 you see that people... They look st- for alternatives. They look for alternatives. And, yeah. and uh, well, it, it, uh, we have so much work. We don't advertise anywhere. We just got Facebook and, uh, and Instagram. Yeah. LinkedIn, but we've got plenty of work. If we so, uh, so our building, our builders here, accepting. Of it. We, sorry, Brian, I'll, I'll finish this little kind of round thing. If we were yep. manufacture here, we could push that more. We build with more, and then people will accept it more because they look, they look at the video, they look at the, the they hear the stories, they go, "Shit, this really goes together really fast. It's very easy. Why don't we do that?" That's good. So that, that was my next question. <laughs> what, what do you feel would be beneficial to the hemp industry and the products here in Australia? So you've just answered that question essentially. Well, the the the, the most beneficial thing would be having a factory here, meaning that there is a process. The processing is in place. Uh, we've got contacts with fantastic processors that that do uh, that have machinery that's. Man, it's fantastic machinery. It, it just does the best job. Gets creates the best fiber. Um, uh, that's then the, the best value, and they're based in Europe. Uh, so, if we'd had a processing facility here, um, now this is a really probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Go on, Brian. If, if you had a, a manufacturing facility, let's say I had fifty million dollars tomorrow morning, and I'm, I want to retire. 
And so I'm, I'm going to move down south and I'm going to open up a factory. I know somebody wouldn't be too happy about that. But <laughs> if I did, how many houses or how much of this stuff can I produce? Oh, that's right. So when I talk about figures, I don't, I, I don't really store them in my brain. We can, yeah. I, I, I think that we can create 900 houses per year or something like that. 900. And that, and that is just with one line of one factory. Because it's easy to make it you know, to make that two lines. Okay. So, yeah. That, but that's uh, a lot of homes. Mm. That's in hemp block. Now we're talking about yeah. So it, it, uh, sorry, that's that's um, my lack of uh, getting the spreadsheet in front of me with with all those figures. Yeah. Uh, but it, the factory will be uh, running twenty four hours. Uh, it, it will. It will. It will. Um, produce- but that's a lot more than I thought. To be honest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it will produce a lot of blocks, and therefore a lot of houses per year. No problem. So, so I'd like um, I might talk to you privately, and then I'll see if I can do a bit of research for all of our listeners. What I'd love to know is, I'd, I'd love to say, right, well, this facility with this many staff turns out this much hemp houses, and it takes this many acres of hemp, which costs X. You know what I mean? Well, what and would then- be great, Brian, is if you have. You ask me that in a, in a separate tiny little uh, thing, and or, or you just you 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 list it off, and we'll send yeah. we'll send it to you because these are the figures. I don't want to muck around with figures and give you the wrong figure. Yeah, of course. Nine hundred is, is a figure that I remember, but mm. correct exactly all those things. This is what so these are all little pieces of information that the industry, if they get it, they get they start to see that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. They're like, oh, hang on a minute. Well, that's not actually bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and then the cost. So what's the cost? Yeah. How much dearer is it? People always ask me that. Yeah. So the what of what we worked out is that there's an increase of, of pricing everywhere. The block layers actually have increased their prices. Oh, do you agree with me? Sorry, block say that again. Sorry. Standard block layers, brickies. Yeah. Haven't they increased the price per brick or per square meter? Yeah, they have for laying, yeah. They have for laying. Exactly. So but- our price is it comes close to uh, to block laying, and and then we talk about the 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 dearest one, which is the double block, yeah, the double brick. Okay. So a house a house in double brick and a house in hemp uh, it, it, hemp blocks is is similar in cost. In cost. Oh. That's all you build over there, isn't it, Brian? Or not you, but... Do you want me to answer that question? Because <laughs> I've got the costs. I, I now know what it costs. You don't know it, or you do? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what does it cost per square meter? Uh, I don't want to say that on the podcast, man. That might be detrimental <laughs> to the product. <laughs> no, look, I, I will, I will whole, wholeheartedly say it is more expensive. And it's not just a little bit. It's a lot more expensive than double brick. But... Per, Double brick is very dominant here in Western Australia and therefore cheap, right? Mm. Um, hempcrete, or sorry, hemp block. Um, now, we've done it with steel components, so we still have to go back and do it with the alternative, so I'm sure it'll get cheaper, mm. um, but it is more expensive. Mm. Now, I'm not going to say it's double the cost because it's not double the cost, but it, it's on the structure, it is more expensive. Uh, well, the, the reason is why the, the shipping prices have more. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, yep. More than double. Shipping is the, the, it was used to be half half, and the, that is that is out of proportion now. So, if I look at the proportions of Hemp Creek, because Hemp Creek can be sourced locally here in Western Australia, right? Yeah. Then it's comparable. 
one hundred percent. It's it's not like it's not the same price as brick, but it's you know it's within that percentage range that you would expect to pay for an architectural you know uh, an alternative product. Let's yeah. just say that. Mm-hmm. Like for me personally, the hemp block it solves a solution that we need at the moment for this particular client. So that particular client is prepared to pay that a little bit more. Um, I, I think for hemp block, it, it'll succeed 100%. I have no doubt it will succeed. I think you need to try and source it locally for it to become a mass product, personally. Well, yes. the, way I, the, the way I thought, guys, is, is if I don't ever introduce this, if I wait for, the, for, for the, the industry to wake up, if I wait for the decortication machinery and then therefore the factory, that it's not going to happen. Or someone yeah. will make it happen with any brains. So, we, yes, we introduced it. And we, we started introducing We did the figures. It was not too bad. But now the shipping prices have over-doubled. So yeah. what can we do? Still people choose this product because they know it's, it's they know the benefits. Um, they know the support. They know the speed that the, the walls get up. And, um, and the simplicity of it as well. Yeah. So... Uh, the way I think about it, all right, well, yes, we have to introduce it first, uh, make it popular, get this thing going, like yourself, uh, be attracted and ha- have us uh, on a podcast and so on and so on, bits and pieces. We'll then uh, push this button f- uh, faster to create the, you know, the first hand block made in Australia. Yeah, in my, in my view, there's too many positives for this not to be a thing. You know, when you're talking, yeah, it's fire zone rated, it's termite resistant, no VOCs, you know, the R value, you know, the, 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 uh, what do you say? The reduction. The carbon reduction is just enormous. Yeah. Um, and then the longevity, which I'm all about. I mean, you know, we, we I want to be dead and have my home still standing, you know? So that's, that's what we all should be striving for, not this slap them up quick and hope they yeah. last 20 years. We well, get the, out of that. The, the speed of the speed is also a very important one because labor gets harder to get. It gets harder to get good tradespeople. Yeah. So mm-hmm. all, the, all, all these things. If you imagine you and I, what, what goes into a wall? Tell me. Well, how it depends on the wall, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Name one uh, wall. What's from the ground up? What do you put in it? So you need you need a structure and you need insulation. You need those two properties which you well, provide in one solution. All right, I've been in, in, in the marketing for a while then. So you need your timber frame, so that's got to be put together. Then you have your paper. Then you have your outside cladding. Then you need to paint that. Then inside, you need insulation in it. Then you have to plaster water. Then you have to plaster set it, and then you have to paint that. How many traits is that? How many, how many all these bits and pieces? And then skirting and name it, all the bits and pieces. With this block, you, you stack the block together. You put your load-bearing system in. That's that's done quite fastly. Then you render it, and that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So l- labor, we are much faster now. We have we need less less uh, skilled people to put these walls together, which means we can build more houses. We can actually employ more people because not everyone is a builder. In the US, we're working with uh, heaps of veterans. They've been, you know. Paul Bass has been been to the war and, and, and mucked around over there, and and they they can't be placed into workplaces anymore. But they they could stack blocks for whatever, say a few weeks for a house, and then move on and just be happy that people are happy that they, they stack walls. So employment is actually uh, a fantastic opportunity when it comes down to this system. 
Look, I, I've no doubt you're 100% right. I've no doubt that hemp is, is it's going to be a, f- a huge industry impact all over the world, without a doubt. Like, I can see it. And the more you read, the more that's out there to read. It's incredible. I want to be part of it. And like, we're hopefully we're fortunate enough to build one with hemp block in the not too distant future. You will be. We'll support you as much as possible. Yeah. And you've got like anyone that's out there, jump on the hemp block Australia website. The information is right there. He's got a full installation manual. So as long as you get some kind of, of pricing for product delivered to your door, the rest of it is exactly as it's laid out here in the podcast today. It is super simple to put this stuff together. And then the structure, um, while there's components that need to be put into the, the hemp block to make it structurally stable, it's minimal. It's absolutely minimal. It's yeah, For me, it's, it's just a fantastic product. Um. Look, Johan, if there was a message you could put out to everyone today, what would it be? I'll be happy. Hey, um... <laughs> <laughs> I love That's it. How good is that? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, when it comes out, so, so this is, the builders listen to this and uh, they're interested in what's going on with the hemp. Their first thing is price. It's always price. What's the, what's the price? Well, check it out. Yes, go to our website. And, and, and what you say, yes, we have a, a manual there. That is with one of the systems. So we haven't even talked about that t- totally in length, but the original system from France is that void is filled with cages, steel cages, so it's steel reinforced concrete. Well, I've done that a few times, and I've worked out this is this is not fast. Yeah. So then I developed a system with, with steel posts and, 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 a, and a plate on the, on the slab or on the on the timber floor built around South Australia and here. And okay, bang, that works. But we can go faster, simpler, cheaper and lighter. And we're now working with FRP. So that is, that will be a package of materials you get uh, delivered and you bolt it together. Um, You, you, you stack your blocks, you render it and off she goes. That's, that's it. So we, yeah. And So listen, folks, for everyone else that's out there, for me, we're, everybody's chasing net zero carbon. Everybody's chasing reduction in carbon. We know that we have to do something. We have to help in this situation. And I've no doubt that this is one of the many products that will come in, but one of the many hemp products more so. Uh, listen, Johan, can I go through some quick fire questions? We're doing with every guest that we have on. Oh, go for it. All right. So who's the most famous person in your phone book besides, from, besides Simon? <laughs> the most important person in the phone book. Famous, most famous person. Famous in my phone book. I can't. It's Lachelle, isn't it? I can't close that. That's uh, yeah. I'll, I'll get in trouble. But Mike Tyson is one. Really? Brother. <laughs> okay, Ford or Holden? Ford or Holden? Uh, probably Fiat for you, is it? Well, Holden is Australian. Come on, we're talking to to Australian people. Let's go. Let's go for Let's go Holden. Holden, it is. <laughs> passive house or passive solar? Well, go passive solar. You know, passive house. I, I, I don't really gel with that whole passive house stuff. They they want to make it super. Oh. There's no air going inside the house while the water. Stick to the heart. Oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> I know, I know. The I'm just, We're at the end of the podcast. Oh, <laughs> God, Simon, do you want to finish this off for me, please? Oh, it's on, isn't it? It's on. Oh God, stick to the heart. Oh, some things are good, but you know, all this the suction thing. I don't get it, guys. There's no problem having a bit. These walls are that insulated. You can you can suction as much as you like. 
these will keep your house warm and, and cool in summer. It doesn't matter. We, we built, uh, while the snow was going, it was minus, I don't know how many degrees, and it was warm inside a hemp house. And there yep. was no windows. So Everyone has an opinion, and I respect it. Timber or brick construction? In this case, I would say neither, right? (laughs) I should add another one in there, shouldn't I? Timber, brick, or hemp block construction? Yeah, let's go for brick. Oh, hemp block, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. What's your favorite music? Oh, man, I I like all kinds of music. I listen to... uh, Bob Marley? Wilbin. Yeah. I've had my own jazz band for a while. I, I like jazz. Jazz is really good. It's good for the brain. Wow. Okay. Uh, Tim Tam or Anzac Biscuits? Oh, God, <laughs> man. My dentist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or dry banana or something. A dry banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. Well, folks, look, there you have it. Um, personally, I feel after this journey of research that our industry needs products like hemp. Um, quite honestly, hemp has and will have an increasing positive impact on our industry. Look, as we strive to, prefer, to achieve higher performance with lower carbon footprint, we all know that we need to diversify our thinking and more importantly, our actions if we're going to really make a difference. And I have to say, Johan, you are a pioneer doing exactly that. I commend you on what you've done today, mate, and I wish you the best in the future. Thank okay. you so much for joining us today. No worries, Steve and Brian. That's fantastic. Thanks for having us. Great that you guys are builders. You're talking about building stuff. And that you, we were looking into uh, creating something in Western Australia. We've got plenty of jobs all around the state. And uh, yeah, thanks. Check it out. Have, have a look at, at the options uh, and be prepared to live in a fantastic, long, uh, you know, a long lasting home. Okay. Thank you, Johan. Awesome. Thank you, Lichelle. Thank, thank, thank you, Johan. No Bye worries. Again, as always. Thank That's you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Cheers. Cheers. See you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.